0: This is a Federal News Network podcast.
1: Quantum computing can bring processing to a completely new level. But what does it mean to use a quantum computer and what do they even look like? The Army Research Lab is doing work to network these high-powered machines. To answer our questions about just what exactly quantum computing is, how it works, and how the Army's using it, Federal News Network Scott Mocione spoke with the ARL Center for Distributed Quantum Information's co-manager, Sarah Gamble.
0: Quantum computers and quantum networks are systems which exploit the properties of quantum mechanics, like the seemingly bizarre concepts of quantum superposition and quantum entanglement, to realize capabilities that are inaccessible with the conventional systems that we have that are based on classical physics, like your your laptop and your phone. These quantum mechanical properties uh, enable us to process information in fundamentally different and novel ways. And for certain applications, these novel processing methodologies can potentially provide huge advantages. So that's what we're really interested in in going after, whether those are singular quantum computation systems or networks of quantum computation systems or networks of other quantum components.
1: So I I know a, a very basic example of quantum physics, which is that there's two slots and they try and send particles through those slots, and when those particles aren't being observed, it seems like they go through both of those slots, but when they are observed, they go through just one of those slots. Is that how quantum computing works in a certain way?
0: Yes, that's, that's actually a really a good way to state it. So one of the uh, quantum mechanical properties that is evidenced in the experiment that you just described is the wave-particle duality of quantum entities, and that duality is very important and underlies a lot of what we're doing, especially with, with quantum computing. So we actually exploit that along with quantum superposition and, and quantum entanglement to implement quantum algorithms that uh, enable us to actualize these, these advantages that we get from the quantum system.
1: So right now I'm sitting at home and I'm at my desk looking at my regular physics computer. What does a quantum physics computer look like?
0: They look very, very different. <laughs> so if you follow a quantum computer now, uh, for the most part, they look like physics lab setups. So you'll see, uh, depending on the type of qubit that the computer is operating with, um, either things spread out over optical tables or huge, basically, refrigerators that are capable of going down to very low millikelvin kinds of temperatures. Uh, and those qubits sit in, inside those architectures. And we carry out the manipulations on them to, uh, to run these quantum algorithms. So, uh, in terms of being able to pick up a quantum computer like you would pick up your laptop or, or pick up your phone, um, that is that is not something that uh, that exists right now. And actually likely won't Um, the use cases for quantum computers are typically very different from the use cases for for classical computers so it's okay that it sits in a lab or sits in um, some compact architectures that that have been developed or say maybe Mm -hmm. meter a meter by a meter size box um, kind of enclosure for what we are uh, intending to use the quantum computers primarily for this is, this is okay. We're working on scaling them up, and we're uh, definitely working on miniaturization at that same time that we're trying to increase the number of qubits. But yeah, in terms of what it actually looks like, it uh, would not be recognizable if you're trying to compare it to a laptop or a desktop or even really some of the high-performance computing um, machines that exist in large user facilities.
1: How do you use a quantum computer, and what does it solve?
0: The most well-known application of quantum computers is for factoring large numbers. So the factoring of large numbers is the the core component of uh, encryption algorithms. So the RSA encryption that makes sure every financial transaction that you partake in is secure. Or the the problem of factoring large numbers is what underlies the core of the RSA encryption system that makes sure any transaction that we conduct over, say the internet, is is secure. So if you try to break that encryption with a classical computer, the classical computer knows how to solve that problem. It just takes an incredibly long time to break the current state-of-the-art RSA encryption system on a classical computer would take something on the order of the lifetime of the universe. Because we can process information in fundamentally different ways on a quantum computer, we can take that same problem, process it with these quantum mechanical properties, and get to that same answer within a matter of hours or days. So the actual quantum computation system that we would need to do that is going to have significantly more qubits and significantly more complexity than the quantum computers we have today. But... That's where the advantage comes from. It's the fundamentally different way that we're processing the information. For certain types of problems, we know classical, we know quantum computers provide an exponential advantage over the, the best known classical approaches. So it's a, it's, you shouldn't look at it as a quantum computer is a very advanced classical computing system. It's a fundamentally different way of processing information.
1: Let's go into quantum networking a little bit. What do you accomplish? by networking these quantum computers together.
0: Work in both quantum computing and quantum networking is still very much in the basic research phase. Uh, With respect to networking in particular, we're spending most of our time really working on component development. Uh, Because these networks use quantum information, we can't simply take classical memories and classical repeaters, so the very fundamental components of networks, and just kind of plug them into a quantum network. quantum memories and quantum repeaters for quantum networks still need to be developed. And so we're we're working on those. And we're also working a lot on how to interface the information processing nodes of a quantum network, so that may look like a tiny quantum computer, uh, with those memories and with those repeaters. And that interfacing is not at all trivial. Um, We're also working on quantum networking protocol development. Uh, So, when you get to the point where we can connect small numbers of quantum nodes together, we essentially need to know how to use them, and we'll have to handle a lot of the same issues that classical networks run up against, like faulty or imperfect nodes. Uh, information scheduling and information routing. But then we're also going to have to figure out how to best handle some of the the features and capabilities that will be unique to quantum networks. So we're working on protocols that will handle those kind of capabilities that we already know about and also actively researching what new ones may be.
1: So the experiments and the research that you're doing right now are what you just described, correct?
0: Yeah, that's a very broad overview. So we have specific projects that are looking at, say, memory Uh, quantum memory development or quantum repeater development we do a lot of work um, especially at our our parent organization the uh, army research lab um, in the light matter interfaces so kind of that that interfacing component of what i just talked about Uh, and then and then also the protocol development so there's several projects that we have in each of those areas
1: once this research gets a little more developed what sort of applications could you actually use it for
0: I think it's very safe to say that quantum computers and quantum networks will never replace the classical computers and the classical networks that we have today. Uh, rather, quantum computers and quantum networks have the potential to provide enormous benefits for certain sets of problems and certain tasks. So for quantum networks, the area that attracts the most popularly popular attention is secure communication. And then I'll go ahead and add something to that that's a similar spirit, which is essentially more robust authentication. Uh, so that could impact everything from secure personal financial transactions to blockchain to communications between soldiers on the battlefield. Uh, another area that is of vi- very high interest to in the Army actually involves networks of distributed quantum sensors. So quantum sensors can be more sensitive than classical sensors for things like electric fields, magnetic fields, gravitational field sensing. And then, if you network those sensors together, the potential gains that you can get uh, are even higher. So, we're very interested in that.
1: Sarah Gamble, co manager of the Army Research Lab Center for Distributed Quantum Information, speaking with Federal News Network's Scott Massioni. Check out Scott's story at federalnewsnetwork.com.
0: Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffel Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at com. Grab a 30 day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.